Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Comedy Arcade listeners. I'm Barry McStay. I'm Ben Vandeveld. And we'd love you to listen to Worst Foot Forward, our podcast all about failure. Each week, we are joined by a guest to discuss the world's worst something. From detective to invasion, train to horror movie, we dive into humankind's darkest depths in search of the absolute pits. Many comedy arcade guests have appeared in our show, with the likes of Suze Kempner crooning about the world's worst divas, Tierna Duyeb holding a placard at the world's worst political protest, and John Luke Roberts telling us definitively the world's worst joke. On Worst Foot Forward, we've learned that conspiracy theorists think rocks aren't really hard, why one French physicist invaded the Channel Island of Sark, and how exactly to make a wasp gun. While also uncovering the railway station of the dead, the doctor who put goat balls into human scrotums, and the musical funded by bird poo. Subscribe to Worst Foot Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Check out our website, worstfootforwardpodcast.com, and join us for some fun-filled zero worship. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade, part friendly panel show, part vicious competition, where contestants fight with their best anecdotes on mystery topics generated through a trusty bingo ball. I'm Vince Layton, host of the show, spirit of the bingo balls, and games master. Points will be awarded for originality, amusement value, and my general caprice and mood on the day. The contestant with the most points at the end of the game wins, but their opponents will be granted a few cheat codes along the way, just to keep it interesting. No, thank you all for coming. Welcome to the Comedy Arcade. Um, thank you. Part panel show, part game show. It's turned into, since it was on Zoom, more of just a chat show, really. And I've led it because I've just been having such a nice time. It works pretty simply. I'm going to give you a category based on a random selection from a bingo ball that makes a lovely sound. And you are going to jump in with your best anecdote, song, or other audio-friendly thing that you can do around that topic. I will give them points based on what I think is the funniest so it's, maybe it's not your story, but you've given me a zing in line and you get more points for it. It's completely arbitrary. It's very chaotic. And um, we're going to have a lovely time. So without further ado, I need to introduce my guests. So first of all, we've got the brilliant Katie Brand, who is actually part of the pilot series that I did on Twitch. Sound of the police. Yeah. Is that the police? Yeah, coming yeah. This is the, the police coming I thought together. you had like a Radio 1 extra sound effect in, Katie, that you were pressing on your... <laughs> You know me, 
you know me. No, the Tim Westwood of the, uh, <laughs> the hip hop comedy scene. <laughs> no, this is just life in Limehouse. I didn't even yeah. hear it now. I just blend it out. I live on yeah. a main road. It's it's up and coming. It's there's a- some democ- democracy trying to happen outside your window, and I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Kate is here. She's played the game before. She absolutely killed it. It was brilliant. It was so Whoa. much fun. Oh, it's oh, a long man. time ago. There's no been a pressure. Lot of lockdown. There's no been a pressure. lots of lockdown between that moment and this. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. I was hoping you had used up all your best stories then because nobody was watching that one. I think I'd tell I have no that. recollection of what I said. <laughs> so don't worry about that if you just have to give me some indication if I'm repeating myself that's all I do now I just repeat my best anecdotes at home I think that's all of us yeah so you know the glory days right everyone vamp while Russell (laughs) Kane sorts out his tech issues what are we gonna say I don't know Russell I I went on a trip with Russell um with comic relief and we drove a car together um and um we were very much the 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 most risk averse drivers I think um Russell and I were uh and everyone else was kind of doing really were really cool drivers and we just kept this sort of steady pace and really just held the whole convoy up to be (laughs) honest (laughs) of much needed goods that were going to schools and you know charities and things and whenever I was driving we would fall so far behind (laughs) they would have to reschedule the shoot because we had to stick together because some of the places were quite remote and the roads were quite dangerous so we all as a convoy that was part of it we had to stick together we just dropped down to a steady 20 miles an hour whenever I was at the wheel what about when your what about when your brakes failed and you had a meet we had immediate like PTSD together in the in the tea room (laughs) yeah I know it the cars we were given were not top top quality shall we say and uh, the brakes failed when I was driving once as well yeah and we just completely went berserk it had been yeah so I was just covering your uh, tech, tech space <laughs> Sorry about there that. It with, some, with some chit chat yeah we were the we were the last year where we didn't get cancelled for going if we'd have gone one year later we'd have been a story yeah. on the Daily Mail website well I yeah I I'm just sort of Katie was yeah, just it was filling she was just trip filling yeah from, for many reasons yeah <laughs> oh yeah it wasn't safe let's, at all <laughs> let's let's carry on with the introductions um yeah Stu you've been waiting patiently there Stu within the hey. editor of Pod Bible DJ just saw around cool guy that's how we decided. Is that that's what you gave me to say, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool guy. That was it. That was important <laughs> that you got that. In. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How you doing? You all right? Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you. I like your. Have you got like a sort of Jerry Seinfeld type New York comedy club background there, bricks? Or are you actually outside right. your garage? I'll tell you what. <laughs> everybody comments on that brickwork. Yeah. And it's nothing plush. If I just go like that. Oh, it's two ninety nine a roll <laughs> at the rain. It's nothing. It's nothing plush at all. Right. I like it. What's What's that above you? It's. A, it's. I've got a little like. Oh, yeah. I thought it was the cooker. I thought you like. No. Right. No. I've, I've kind of turned the the like a shed because I'm rubbish at DIY and stuff like that. I just turn it into a little bar. But normally I have like meetings and that down here. And if it's like nine o'clock in the morning, you've got a rack of spirits above your head oh. when you sort of talk about. Not a good look. So no. kind of Unless like you're that. a psychic medium, in which case, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, on the other hand, yeah, exactly. We Hello. were going to comment on that. The Katie's, Dyson. 
Okay, he's sitting on a mountain of white powder, yeah, yeah. like smog, like the smog of drugs. I just, She's known I just, as the Dyson in the industry. Yeah, I just, I just monologue at myself in the mirror now. I zoom myself <laughs> these days. Just to get it and, all out. Yeah, we will get through these introductions. Yeah. Finally, we've got the man, the legend, Russell Kane. Only just. How are you doing? Sorry. Yeah, just a bit, a bit running stressed. from a train. There is one of the few jobs that was in a TV studio, all with no audience. I've just come back from that. Uh-huh. Um, it's been a real learning period because I started doing a few, a few of the old panel shows and things without audiences, and what a surprise! How much more pleasant they are. <laughs> <laughs> The pressure of, I've said something funny, will it be what the in crowd that watch these shows find funny or not, gone. Everyone behind the camera and everyone making the show grovelingly laughs because their income depends on the show being a success. The other comedians laugh in a supportive fashion because we want to be laughed at back. Turns out what's been ruining comedy, audiences. (laughs) So my next tour, I'm actually continuing empty theatres. That's great. Just to get my self-esteem up. Russell (laughs) Kay, the empty theatre tour. 2021. It's a double header with Katie. She's doing a mirror cocaine monologue. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And really, in many ways, it works much better without an audience. I just have a giant mirror uh, erected that I can just look at myself, and then we can flatten it laterally, and I can cut lines on it if necessary. So yeah, Perfect. I mean, me and Russell are going to storm it. We don't need a single person. <laughs> But it is weirdly liberating, though, because the first one I did, I think it was an, an ITV2 one with Joel Domit, where called a Hey Tracy, we have to say funny things. And I'm really, as because I'm, I'm not a psychopath, terrified of audiences. <laughs> Anyone is like, I like public speaking, I feel nothing. Psychopath. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I just, as soon as I went in, I thought, I can just say anything here. Who knows what it's funny? Who cares? Yeah. I've just got to do a face like it is funny. It's like your first Edinburgh <laughs> all the time, isn't it? <laughs> that genuinely wasn't funny. No, was mine. <laughs> did you think it was? But did you think it was at the time with your first Edinburgh show? Did you did you go on stage thinking this is the best me I can be? Or I don't think any comedian that's good truly likes what they do. No. That is the curse of this profession. I like some of it. I remember that. some of that's it. That's, I'm that's quite the best proud you can hope for. Of, but then there are other that's things. I just thought if I just worked a bit harder and I was concentrating, and I just hadn't wasted a load of energy on on building a set that I didn't fit in the room, then I I would have sorted that bit out. There's always the bits mm. that you think, oh, no one will notice, <laughs> and they always notice. <laughs> I spent six weeks choreographing my walk on. Maybe I should have done a rewrite. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe that uh, well, I, that second twenty minutes needs a little look. I did a preview quite recently of a, of a show that I hadn't really worked out for Edinburgh and it was so bad. I mean, I honestly, it was sort of pin drop silence for the entire hour. Oh, I just, I, and I actually said at the end, yeah, anyway, I'm going to write some jokes before I go up to Edinburgh. And I left on a massive laugh. So thank oh, God. <laughs> thank God. It's so one long experimental remember. monologue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did a Croydon show like that and it's made it into my set now because I came out and I told them a story that was a true story about getting run over by a bike in Dalston and they were howling and they didn't laugh at a single other thing. They hated me so much immediately that the idea of me being run over by a bike really <laughs> And I was like, I've nailed this. Yeah. Croydon is my town. And yeah, just dead stony silence. Yeah. And eventually quiet chat amongst themselves. Yeah. That was a harrowing 10 oh, minutes. That's the worst, that's quiet the worst. chat's worse. 
That normally follows the silence, yeah. the quiet chat. And the train back was really bright and it was dark. So I got to look at my own disappointed face for the whole journey back. Yeah. And it cost me more to get there than it did to perform. Like, uh, yeah, I love it. Stu, you should try comedy. It's so fun. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you, you meet a lot of comedians in your job at, like as Pod Bible God. So do, do yeah. you ever fancy giving it a go or...? No, not in the slightest. No, no, I've had loads of <laughs> loads of comedians on the podcast, and yeah, and yeah, I'm, just it's sounds just really not, unappealing, not... <laughs> doesn't it? We've not sold it well. <laughs> it <laughs> but, I mean, if that was the hard sell, I'm um, still not. I'm still not. <laughs> That's involved. the best of no it. Right, right, right. Let's 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 crack on with the game, though. We probably should. Yeah. Um, and the category is the worst thing that you've ever won. Okay, Stu, you, you've nodded, so I'm nominating you to start. Uh, my karate blue belt. So my karate blue belt, where, where, where I grew up in, in, in Essex is pretty rough. So uh, my, my folks were like, right, you need to go and learn martial arts. So I was like, okay. So uh, I wasn't the coolest kid. I was very much uh, a, 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 bit of a, a bit of a geek. So... I went and learned karate and uh, and I got a couple of belts and so I started to get a little bit more confident. This was all inspired by the Karate Kid film coming out, of course. Anyway, there comes a time when I grade for my blue belt, which is a big one. You know, this is going to be like something really, really special. Where's that compared to like black? Yeah. yeah. What's it on it's the scale? Blue. It's blue, brown, black. It means you can uh, beat up a Smurf, oh. doesn't it? That's what it means. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> okay. So we go, we go to this grading, and this is like my first grading that people can attend. So I have like my family there. I have like friends of the family. And then there's all the other families of all the other kids grading. So I reckon there's probably about 100, 150 people in this huge hall in Basildon. And, uh, and so as we kind of sort of do this thing, it's lots of kind of exercises and lots of kind of karate stuff, obviously. And then it finishes, and then they, one by one, they call you all out. And if you've passed, and they give you your belt, and you stand in, you have a photo, and everybody claps. So I was like, I reckon I've done all right. And then they call my name. So I'm like, incredible. So I walk up in front of all these people for me crowning glory to get yes, me belt. Woo! Completely that, you know, mum's wiping a tear and all of that. And, and they sort of wrap the belt around you as well. It's, it's, it's a real moment. And so I get the belt wrapped around me. Everybody's clapping. I go to walk off. And then the sensei goes, just a minute. Um, I think we can have an extra round of applause for Stuart, please. And I was just thinking, wow, was I that impressive? And he went, because it's a little bit harder for Stu because he's, uh, he's a tubby lad, isn't he? And I just thought... That's what? by your sensei. Oh, no. This is... Uh, what a betrayal! <laughs> I don't remember that bit in Karate Kid. It um, wasn't in Karate Kid. Fat, like, fat shame Danielson. No. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I think he said the word tubby maybe three times. Because <laughs> and, and I'm standing there as a tubby sort of 12-year-old dying like absolutely dying i mean bursting out of your blue belt like literally yeah like, i mean it's I'm meant to go belt extended please get, get, one, get one, of the, one for older teenagers <laughs> oh no <laughs> and then then like i kind of got the the sort of the, the, the Gareth Gates sympathy clap as I walked off. I just kind of, and it was like, it just absolutely, it was the worst thing I ever won. It should have been something oh, glorious and wonderful. But, uh, 
But yeah. What's the cultural reference to Gareth Gates? Is he almost won Pop Idol. When did he become a figure I of fancy? Almost you? is the key word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And Pop and Pop Idol, they're both keywords. Yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like he'd be mid-table for shame clapping, though. It's I, why did your mind go there? I'm fascinated. Like, I just think people always felt a bit sorry for him, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. He was very shy wasn't he and he had um yeah he had difficulty he got very nervous whenever he had to talk on the tv and i think people felt very sorry for him and then he would sing and it was like all that melted away and it was just amazing um yeah oh, but when they bothered to give them a storyline yeah <laughs> <laughs> i still remember it the will young gareth gates yeah. the glory years of of you know <laughs> taking young lives and destroying them for public consumption <laughs> you know those were, those were the golden golden years no. weren't they of that yeah. really now yeah. we take older lives and cancel them for public consumption yeah <laughs> <laughs> <It's a new laughs> i'm 60 i don't know what's going on this is the microphone on cancelled goodbye <laughs> I think that person made reasonable points. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> You're Corbin in a hair shirt or your Tommy Robinson. Which one are you? Yeah. Neither. Is that all right? Is it okay yeah. to be neither? You can't, I can't keep up. By the time I've got to grips with someone like a Jackie Weaver, they've already found something bad in her past. She's been on a panel show and been cancelled already. And it's like, well, hang on. Well, done. Yeah. Let me enjoy it. Let me enjoy their peak before I have no, to sorry, live in you there. Can wait another, you wait five years and they'll be on I'm a Celebrity. It's okay. The, the rehabilitation clinic, if you play your cards right. That's the thing. I see. So has anyone else won anything rubbish? I've won very little. I'm really struggling with this. I, I've, I've really, <laughs> I, I've, I've won. It's really hard not to humble brag as well, isn't it? And think, oh, the worst thing I've won because of the curse of how amazing it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, want to do one of those. Actually, <laughs> it really meant people put me in a box after that. And I was unable yeah, exactly. to <laughs> It's, you hear Turner Prize and you think woo, but it wasn't like yeah. that. Many ways, the bathroom was the worst thing you'd ever had. Yeah. Ruined you. Ruined me. Ruined me. Um, I've won a, the ceremony was very dull. Everything I've ever won, I've been so pathetically grateful for. I've just gone along for this. In fact, I've won one comedy award that I think Loaded gave me. Um, and I'm not really Loaded magazine's natural sort of, you know, area, I don't think, as a performer or as a person. So I was quite surprised. And then I think it was sort of made clear to me later without wishing to smear that highly esteemed comedy uh, awards um, uh, panel, such as they were. But it was basically made clear to me that if I turned up and had my picture taken, then my name would be on the award. So it was a sort oh. of a bit of a bittersweet victory, I have to say. I can't confirm if that's what happened. But, but there was a sort of general smirk in the room when I went up <laughs> to get it. But I thought, is this loaded or is this me? I don't know, but I just felt... <laughs> Imposter syndrome. I felt... <laughs> Of all the places that might give me a comedy award, I'm I'm unlikely to end up on the cover of this one. Do you know what I mean? Like I just I didn't feel I was loaded <laughs> natural sort of woman. <laughs> Stu was. Stu was in there with his sensei in the centre yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> so it was more nice to love, it. Stu. More to love. But when people give you an award and and they're sort of smirking at you when they do it, that's not good. You sort of good. think, I don't know if you you really feel I've earned this. <laughs> So, was it allegedly like reader voted? No, or did I don't they just think choose so. you? I'm not sure. It was sort of shrouded in mystery. Perhaps when this like, goes out, someone could um, could enlighten me as to what went on. But there was just a general smirk in the room that I felt a bit odd about. So I, I'm quite petty. I will mount a 
full investigation into this as soon as I get I don't school. mind. I mean, I'm not complaining. Like I like Russell said, is I'm not trying to humble brag my way through sort of what is essentially. I knew you dropped the loaded story. I knew that. I said before we went. <laughs> So Russell turned it down because he, he wouldn't bother to turn up to the event. I was too ripped. Right? Time I was too, I was too he, ripped. Yeah, I was too ripped. And they, they thought I might, I might body shame men who read it. Yeah, all and of then, us. Yeah, <laughs> he was somehow next on the list. But then the worst thing is on the little panel, it has a thing and best female comedian. It's like in inverted commas, so it's like <laughs> I don't know. So that, that was just left me with a, mi- a mixture of emotions, that particular win. But every other thing I've won, I've been very happy to receive, whether it's a kind of... My dog won a third out of third place, Rosette, at a dog show once. Uh, <laughs> third of three. Um, <laughs> Automatic podium placing, that's my yes, kind of Yes, exactly, yes. Um, so, you know, I have a sort of collection of things that I, I'm unsure as to whether the, the giver was laughing at me or not. That's, that's the thing. So there's a bittersweet element to it, I guess. Yeah. I once won a VIP meet and greet with Calvin Harris before he went through his LA glossy makeover. Right. You see, so, you could, you could, ex- I could win that and, and have no idea if I'd met him at the end of it or not. No, I felt like I hadn't no. because I don't remember entering the competition. <laughs> I felt like I'd wasted luck on a, a prize I actually wanted. And it was at Cardiff Students Union. He, he had one song at that point, Acceptable in the 80s. Mm. So I crimped my hair and did an ironic outfit, which when I did meet him, he did not get any of the references. And I think he just thought I was nuts. But it was backstage at Cardiff Students Union and he wouldn't let me go. Well, they wouldn't let me into the dressing room. So whatever was going on in there, I don't want to admit <laughs> it, but maybe some Dyson business was going on in there they wow. showed me into the door. I was not allowed to see into the room um the guy a guy came out who I think was the guitarist who was very nice we had a lovely chat and I fancied him a bit he got Calvin out of the room by opening the door a human-sized space as a human was coming through it and closing it behind him Calvin Harris stood next to me said nothing I referenced my crimped hair he didn't understand the reference. He came alive for a photo and then shuffled back in. Right. And I did not feel like a very important person in that moment. No. But I did submit it to GQ under shit celebrities that I'd met and I won £100. So it wasn't a bad story in the end. Because <laughs> I, I included the detail that he smelled like wet umbrellas because he did. <laughs> He'll be sending you an invoice for that. Yeah. But I thought I'll never encounter him. I'll go for broke. I'll tell I'll tell the real truth about meeting Calvin Harris. And then he got all sexy and he went out with Taylor Swift. And I remember when he was just a guy in a corridor. Smelling of wet umbrellas. Smelling of umbrellas. Yeah. So yeah, that is my worst price. But mm-hmm. apparently it was all just just material for later on. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All our shit prices are out. Let's let's move on. Oh, I mean, I I didn't actually throw one in, but uh, Go I, can, on. Come on. I can throw a, a shit Come prize on. in. Uh, well, I was just Googling to try and find if, because uh, I, I suspected someone would have nominated me cunt of the week. And sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a real, a real choice here. I, I'm, I'm desperately trying, I'm desperately trying to remember the main, it wasn't loaded, so I don't want to get done for libel, but it was one of them right about the same sort of time. I was the cunt of the week in the charts, but I can't find it online. So instead, I'm going to go with the website isacunt.com that has a different cunt every week. <laughs> And I was, this is recent, cunt of the week in February 2020. So it's last wow. year. Did they, they tell you why? Yes, yes. Why? It's quite it's quite a good award ceremony. The smug this smug fucker is a comedian <laughs> who naturally is on the BBC cunt. 
Uh, what it does is a thing called alternative obituaries. I don't. I don't know what that is. Uh, I think they might mean evil genius. This is basically him mincing in front of the camera. It's not filmed and bitching over the bad points of dead historical figures. The thing is that it offers nothing new and anything he says is well documented or known elsewhere. John Lennon was nasty to women. Queen Victoria was a sex maniac. You already want to listen to the episode, so I win. Who wore poor old Albert out. I notice he slags off dead people. That We know alternative histories to the likes of Stormzy, Steptoe Corbin, Meghan Markle. I think we found a racist right-wing person. That <laughs> and a massive homophobe. It's going to dawn on me in a minute that I'm straight, which is going to hurt him. Um... Uh, because according to BBC law, those who do not have faults are beyond criticism. I can't actually believe the BBC spunk license payers money on this shit. Oh wait, yes I fucking can. Maybe he won't mind. Oh, this is good. This is an update a few days. Maybe he won't mind if we discuss his history on here. They've obviously gone digging for dirt. I'm incredibly boring. Apart from lying about my age, I have never done anything wrong since I started. He's gone, oh shit, fit wife. Makes you sick, doesn't it? And then... And then Bertram... That's, that's a cell phone. And then Bert, <laughs> Bertram Contatious has added, I thought he was a shirt lifter. You live in <laughs> I mean, I've researched that. Whilst, I mean, it took two minutes. So I was cunt of the week on isacunt.com. Before that, the worst thing I was going to say is things... Because obviously there aren't really... Negative things you would win would be like bad pros of the week or shit comedian of the week. That's why I was looking for a truly negative one. There are other ones which you think are positive at the time, maybe, like the Loaded Award. That on retrospect, you're like, oh, did I want to be associated in that way sort of thing with that type of magazine? I mean, Loaded would be cancelled now, <laughs> let alone stand up on a podium. But I, I was, and I was fully behind it. I won my place as torso of the week in heat. And I look Aww. back now and I fucking cringe because obviously as a comic, that's a lot, in my opinion, my humble opinion, it's the last thing you should be doing. Look at me. I think I'm great. It is <laughs> ironic, but it's not quite ironic enough. So when it's well that? worth a when Google. Oh, God. Ed Burns said they should have spelled it W-E-A-K. <laughs> uh, it was ages ago. Uh, and I'm holding two tyres with grease across my chest. And it was the same week my novel came out. Oh, How's no, that's people... annoying. <laughs> That's annoying. What are you doing in that photo, though? That, that I'm wasn't... holding. I'm like a hot mechanic that's like yeah. it's so warm in here. I'm carrying tires. I, I understood. <laughs> I understood the description, but my question is why? How did the photo shoot come about? Yes, in the first place. Well, Heat, Heat magazine. When you're pushing tours, like you, when you're in the early days, you'll do anything. You'll go on a loaded podium. I can if they're vouch paying. for that. Yes. <laughs> and Heat magazine said, "I oh, will do an article." And I said, "Oh, can you make me torso over the week? It'll be really funny because I'm like, obviously I'm like a pepper army with hair on it. Not, not expecting them to say yes, and they did a full shoot. So I mean, I've never dropped body fat so quickly in my Amazing. life. It was like I had a blue a blue belt tournament coming up. I was that nervous. <laughs> I tell you, oh, what... you would lose weight for that if you had that coming naturally. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that led that led unfortunately to the nude centerfold in cosmo and uh for which is well worth a google i don't know if you provide I images with this podcast but i, I will they, yeah. they said to me you can do anything you want if you're going to be the nude centerfold and i made a suggestion and they accepted it not thinking they would i said i want to be laying back in kitchen foil feeding grapes into a model's mouth while she lays in my lap and that's what they did wow <laughs> was it the so she's laying across my bit was so. it as enjoyable as oh, you wow. thought yeah you found look how skinny I am. It's pathetic. It looks like I need to be fed. Your eyeliner's on point, though. I know um, it's bad. It was a bad phase. Wow. No, if a comedian who actively seeks to win torso of the week is heading in the wrong direction with his stand up. Thankfully, I caught it. Sorted my life out. I, I mean, I, I googled well, and this, this is on me. This is on me. I googled Russell Kane new, thinking there'd be one option, and no, there's a host. What? I got in trouble what? for that one. 
This is Russell so, Kane attacks Kim Kardashian for no, naked photo by being naked. So that's with, much more recent. So what yeah. what happened? So I changed management. They said like no no more eyeliner, no more attention seeking, and do you're funny. Don't you don't want people thinking about what clothes you're wearing or trying to show off. Put a suit on if you can bear to. Comb your hair. Stop acting like a twat and make it about the stand up. It's the best talk I ever had. And since then, I was already doing well. Won this award and that one and all that. But it went after that. Um, and so Kim Kardashian sent a picture to Bette Midler with her tits and bits obscured with a bar. And and is it is it Bette Midler? I'm pretty sure it was. And Bette Midler fired back. Going, this is pathetic. You know what is this? What women have come. I don't to? think she knew. She sent nude pics specifically to Bette Midler. I think it might have been. Oh, Bette Midler. <laughs> Bette Midler respond. No, Bette Midler said something. <laughs> Bette Midler said something about Kim Kardashian exposing herself, and the next thing she posted was the most provocative one she'd ever yeah. done with just a bar. So I thought it would be hilarious if I did Bette Midler and, and Kim Kardashian. I did the bar going over exaggerated long ways down to my knees and posted it. Uh, it went, it was in the newspaper by that afternoon and I got a call from my manager, furious, <laughs> what are you fucking doing? Because instead of it looking like I was mocking, it looked again like I think I look good and I'm looking for attention, which is something I'm not allowed to ever do because only cunts do it. And as a comedian, you don't want to be cunt of the week, but in the end I was. Uh, February you, just, you just left your clothes <laughs> just all over the back of the bed as well. You didn't bother. You it's just, just thought no some, one's looking at that. It's just not something you can do. So some people can get away with it if we know, like, so for example, I'm friends with Joel and we sort of accept it's part of the persona. He's like the goofy hot guy, but I'm like trying to be the outsider nerd calling the world to rights. And there I am attention seeking. And by the time I took it down, it was too late. I think you're too fit to do it though like i think because you, you don't look bad doing that whereas I'll, if it was i'll definitely somebody be doing like, this podcast again i'm blushing if, you know if it was somebody a little bit more i don't want to name any names it's, it feels spiteful but if it's someone more i don't want to say normal either because like normal i'll tell you in this vein, i don't want to be accidentally cancelled on my own podcast what happened but... to me in this vein this is in this sort of way yes um when uh, this is also a bad thing i won um sort of won when i had my sketch show on itv um, there was great excitement. Big ass show. Big ass show. Big ass show. Big ass show. Yeah. Yep. When uh, there was great excitement in the camp because I was told that the Sun had done an exclusive deal with the production and that every single Thursday when the show went out, they would have an exclusive picture of me dressed as one of my celebrity spoofs and they would run it Ooh. on that day with a plug for the show that night. Wow. Now. Uh, the uh, I didn't really have any say in this. I was just told this was a good thing and it was fine. It was, the audience was going to be massive and it was going to be a plug every single week exclusively in the sun that was going to lead to huge numbers. So I was like, fine. So what I didn't know was that the uh, TV reviewer, critic, uh, editor of The Sun genuinely despises me and uh, despised <laughs> me back then in, and made no always, always tried to find a way to insult me about my show in his column. And now he had exclusive pictures that no one else got of me dressing up. <clears throat> and so what they did every single week in The Sun, having won this deal, was that they would receive the picture of me dressed as a celebrity and then they would put the real celebrity next to it and then they just basically say how much fatter I was than the celebrity <gasps> literally every week. And uh, so for the, every week it would be like little boots, more like bigger boots, or uh... it would be like mining class more lean class like it would just literally be uh, this every single week and so i said in the end could, and they could have gone with my lean ass and plugged a pun on the show no, i was yeah. too hated every, everyone too everyone hated. could have won then he really didn't like <laughs> this guy didn't yes. like my noise at wow. all wow it shows how but, doesn't it show said, how but much i said but i said this is a long time ago now this is 15 years ago things have changed a bit but i did say look guys um 
do you think we could not do this deal <laughs> anymore? Could we not give them the picture anymore? Because I'm yeah. just, I think we know how this is going to go now and it's not going to change. And they were like, no, I think you should just be grateful for the coverage. <laughs> and Did it have any impact on viewers though? Did you see more people coming in, do you think? Oh yeah, or... definitely. That's partly why I let it go. I just sat down and I thought, I'm just going to have to suck this up, I think. I think we've made this show, people have spent money on it. If this guy wants to call me fat every single week... <laughs> then I'll just, oh well, God. you know, I've got three series and I just thought it's all right. You know, I can manage this. I can cope with it. I'm glad it doesn't happen so much anymore. But these yeah. things are a bit of a, a sort of, but I do agree with Russell in the sense that I don't, I think some comedians can do it, the kind of like super beauty plus funny and it's a kind of vibe. And I think it sort mm. of has quite an American edge to it sometimes. Um, mm. But I just think it's tough. In Britain, we do just expect people to be a bit shabbier. I think our comedians yeah. do. There's something a bit. I think it's humble braggy because even though you were, it wasn't parod- supposed to be. You it were parodying somebody. You also you you also look quite hot in the photos. So but it, it, it was just before my afternoon nap before a gig. That's why I didn't have any kit on. So I've gone to bed, woken up, and I've got like eight missed calls. Take it down, you fucking dickhead. We spoke about it. <laughs> I mean, Stu, Stu had a similar thing in the Karate um, Gazette. It said blue belt more like blue whale belt. Oh, <laughs> we don't fat shame here. <laughs> Stu, Stu Sensei did. <laughs> we can... Not funny enough, after that, he, he knocked him out and he was four belts below. Yeah. The well, world is a ridiculous, shallow crane, place. <laughs> did you do crane technique? <laughs> Stu, <laughs> do you still have your blue belt, Stu? No. Do you still have it? No, do you know what? Oh. <laughs> Stuck around the throat of the sensei. Petrol, <laughs> yeah. They found it around the sensei's throat in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Oh, uh, you didn't know the day was going to go this way, did you, Steve? No, no, I certainly didn't know that day was going to go that way either. <laughs> oh, like, were you we all right hold. though? Were you robust enough to take yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like... I mean, I, I, I quit about three weeks later, but yeah, you know, got my blue belt. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have stayed there. <laughs> How dare you? Horrible. Right. Mm. We, we, we're going to get on to our second category, no? That's so funny, this website is a kind of... <laughs> You're so brave you to me- do that. That's so funny. You've got to be, you've got it's, to have it's a the way steel it core. It's yeah. because I've not, basically, I've n- we've not done enough uh, black people on Evil Genius seems to be the issue, but we've done plenty of people of colour uh, on Evil Genius, so he's wrong. And you can see his anger one week later when I turn out to be straight. So, oh, look, as uh, Philip Schofield and others have demonstrated, a wife is no proof, <laughs> says says dog vomit. That's his profile. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Well, funny enough, then, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to the next category, which is unpopular opinions. <laughs> unpopular opinions? I don't share unpopular opinions on any kind of public platform now. Are you joking? No. I even have automatic I- deletes on my tweet, tweets now. Yeah, yeah, I do. I've decided that uh, tweets do not need to hang around. I think, and they're not a matter of public record. I'm not planning to di- donate my entire tweet archive to the British Museum. Uh, the Twitter a is idea. a sort of ephemeral minute by minute conversation. I just can't see why people keep them. They only seem to cause trouble. I tell you what happened. I've been on Twitter for quite a long time, twelve years, and I had suddenly there I've become aware but I think it's got particularly bad in the last 12 months of people who seem to have the time to dredge back through 10 years worth of tweets of someone they hate mm. 
in order to try and find something a bit off colour, they might have said a long time ago. And may well... Dog vomit is yeah, still there. May, Dog vomit is going through yeah. Russell's and it may, 2020. Right now. <laughs> but it may well be that sometimes these things unearth genuine tweets that you might need to apologise for or confront or to say, yeah, actually, I did say that and I wouldn't say that now and I'm sorry I said it. So I'm not saying this is always, you know, a, a fruitless exercise. However... I, I went on Twitter a few, like last year, and I suddenly had this tweet come back at me from someone, some stupid joke I'd made about Cheryl Cole 10 years ago, trying to raise trouble with me about something. And I couldn't even remember what I was referring to in the tweet. So it just sort of went, oh, yeah. So do you think this about Cheryl Cole? And then kind of hashtagged a load of Cheryl Cole fan things and Cheryl Cole. And I was just like, okay, like this is this is a bit odd. Like this is like in this feels creepy that somebody's gone back for 10 years and tried to find something because they're a fan of Cheryl Cotton and now they're so I just thought why am I keeping all of these I'm just keeping all of these tweets these stupid things I've said over the past decade that mean nothing I can't even remember the context for half of them why keep them all like they're just a sort of weight around my neck so I just did the deed and I got rid of them and then I thought why keep any of them why keep them for longer than two days so I did this automatic tweet thing I've done it on three months at the moment but I might bring it down to four 48 hours I just think Twitter's good for a conversation topical relevant conversations I don't think it needs to be a matter of record for Katie people. how do we have everyone is thinking the same thing now how do we do this yeah. how the fuck do I do that right so there's now. a website called tweet delete and it's a very known safe website and lots of people use it and you go depending on how many tweets you've got you might need to, to delete you might need to sign up for um like premium something or other it, it depends you'll figure it out when you get on it but basically you allow tweet delete access to your twitter account you set the parameters of what you want it to do and then it just quietly sort of gets on with it uh, and it can take a little bit of time actually weirdly if you've got a lot of tweets a decade's worth of tweets and you tweet a lot it actually takes time and you sort of see it like like people like uh, like you know having a pedicure like taking dead skin off you know like kind of oh yeah kind no. of get, nibble fish kind of, yeah, nibble fish. it kind of just they, so you see the tweets just Katie, you've just changed my life you've this, just changed my life because i've been so worried about this because you know, as a comedian you're always at the edge trying to be funny about things mm. and um funnily enough I don't even know if I should talk about this, but when uh, when uh, that Little Mix documentary was on the other week, with just that horrific trolling and everything she's had, she's a lo lovely girl, she shouldn't have gone through all that shit. I just had a memory of the time when they were, weren't even called Little Mix, where I was making fun of, they were dancing out of time. And I was like, which one of them was out of time? And I, and I, and I need to find the tweet. So I couldn't remember, because I can't use, use the word Little Mix, mm -hmm. because it, they weren't called Little Mix. I had to go through, find what you're the excellent, and sure enough, uh, I'm flagging the Jesse girl out, not dancing in time. Now, that, I'm probably being overly paranoid, but on a week where she's doing a documentary about a suicide, that yeah. could be interpreted a different way. And lots of people had replied to that tweet in a sort of body fascist way. Mean-spirited way mm. that you didn't intend. And I'm like, yeah. so I've got to pluck that one manually. Now, who knows what the fuck else I've tweeted over the years that could be misinterpreted, or indeed, mores and politics genuinely shift, yeah, and yeah. rightly so. So, um, wow, you just changed my But it's not, it's not even like I, I don't want to be accountable for mistakes I've made or poor judgments or things I might genuinely need to apologise for or explain. It's not, it's just why do you need to keep your tweets? Like I just, that's the thing. I just suddenly had this moment where I just thought, I don't have, why, you know what, I don't owe these tweets. I'm not going to look at them. <laughs> but I don't owe them. But it, gen they don't matter. But it genuinely wasn't wrong at the time though. Bullshit. 
what you said what you said genuinely might not have been wrong yeah. by the standards of that year yeah exactly or it might be something actually i wish i had you know why don't yeah, you true. know well. immature. when i would just go yeah you know what hands up i did say that actually, i wish i hadn't but it's just like but then i'm not a public figure like i'm not i mean in terms of like you know i'm not i don't hold public office i don't need to be this level of transparency of 12 years worth of dickhead sort of flippant remarks that I've Mate, made. Uh, <laughs> you... up. Recording pause while I sign <laughs> up. I, I do think that you forget that people can see them because I just oh. I just bang on. Yeah. Like if I'm live watching something, I can be quite critical. Like, oh, this person can't sing. They're rubbish. Yeah. Why haven't they got any friends to tell them? Um, I've been in a situation where I let a friend audition for a, um, a talent show and I knew it was rubbish. So I don't know why I'm saying that. I know how it happens. <laughs> you can't tell them to their, their eager little faces. But... Yeah, I and that I I learned a terrible lesson about this because I tweeted when Lizzo announced that she was working for Weight Watchers and loads of people were angry with her. I tweeted trying to articulate why people were angry with her and she was still at it in. And then she replied to me. I was like, oh, I don't want Lizzo to be angry with me. And this is the only encounter in my whole life I've had with Lizzo. And she quote tweeted me and said, no matter what I do, people aren't happy. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. That's an awful. And then loads of her fans just piled in yeah, on me, no, no, and no. yeah, they they were not nice. They were not kind. No. Um, but yeah, I just it never occurred to me because it's Lizzo that Lizzo would see that tweet. Yeah. So it was yeah, that was a bit of a lesson. It was almost like that was that was like Lizzo's <laughs> song. Like it never occurred to me that she would see that tweet i mean you could do a sort of yeah it sounds oh my god you know why don't you do a spoof i was gonna say spoof record what's that i think i <laughs> to I play on your gram gramophone catherine yeah, yeah. to still go to the top of the hip parade <laughs> imagine the wait yeah. for top of the pops come on that week it'd be a right nail biter number one yeah i i've drunk dm'd a couple of times just apologizing for that no. she's not read them of course she hasn't no. but every now and again when i'm drunk and lizzo's on i'm like you just feel she sad was angry with you've me. ruined lizzo but for yourself i upset her on a hard day i i piled in on a hard day i was part of the problem i trolled lizzo <laughs> By wow <laughs> there's not a lot of coming back from that really is there? i know it's, there isn't i don't know what to say i just i'm just feeling all the emotions for you quietly log off yeah. do you have you ever got into a twitter no spot? no I, I had one i had one on facebook and i, and I never really kind of mention politics because it's just I, facebook for me is just kind of i don't know i just plug the podcast and and, and that's pretty much it but i made i, I dug out uh, Tommy uh, Robinson uh, on there, which feels safe, yeah. doesn't it? What did you dig him out of? Uh, he he. Yeah. <laughs> just to be clear, just to be clear, some of the listeners to dig out is a transitive verb <laughs> meaning to call out. Thank on you. <laughs> well, <laughs> go on, go on. I mean, the guy's a douche, right? And like, and 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 so basically, he he filmed some video of himself coming out of prison. Uh, and being reunited with his family. And I just thought that's a personal thing. Like, he's filmed that for no other reason than to get more people to think he's this kind of nice guy and he's a, you know, he's a, he's a nice family guy, blah, blah, blah. So I just put like a load of shit and just, just gave him a bit of a coating. And then. <laughs> Same <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> as digging out. Um, um, you dug out, you must coat. If you don't complete the procedure, it exposes the individual to an incomplete roasting, which of course is the the term for the whole process. 
exactly that. And, <laughs> and, and again, the, the area in which I grew up in is very much kind of, there's, there's quite a lot of people that with quite extreme right-wing sort of tendencies and things like that. Fuck me. It went off. The yeah. amount of people that I just thought, oh, wow, I did not know you thought like that. And it So these just... were friends of yours? Were these friends of yours on, on Facebook? Facebook? People that you knew already? I mean, like, Facebook, it wasn't just fans friends. of his. Like, not, but not yeah. fans oh. of his on his page. No, like, no. That you're, I, yeah, well, yeah. And like... Oh, yeah. He, which town, Stu? Do you uh, let me ask you? Yeah, Grave. Oh, yeah, it's my dad's accountant. <laughs> <laughs> he was there at the front so what did you do so what did you do I didn't say a word because uh, 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 another a musician uh, 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 that, that I know got really really like bit like a, like there's a band called the Subways and the singer from that band is, 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 is obviously very left and he was just like everybody that was going at me he just was just going back at them. And I just, you know, I just thought, I've, I've got nothing else to add here. I did not think it, it was going to go here. So I literally sat back. Two days it went on. But I literally woke up and people had been going all night about it. It was absolutely mm -hmm. So I just don't get involved in stuff like that. And I certainly yeah. will never sort of put my politics back out there again. I mean, I come from, a, it sounds like a similarish background to you, Stu. So my echo chamber is probably the complete uh, reverse of... What Katie's is, I hope anyway. Well, I wouldn't I like go to, that like far. Well, just I, yeah, the, the places where I grew up and went to school are not are not a million miles um, right. in every way but so, from from what you're describing. Yeah, so I know what you're talking about. Go on. You can't really change who your blood related to, or oh, not my family. I just mean people I was yeah, around. School. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So what I mean is my Facebook, my Facebook friends. I would say sort of averages out right of centre at the very best. So if I put anything like that. I get, I get all that as well. The worst, the worst one is if I, if I say anything about Boris, I get leave him alone. He's done the best he could. <laughs> that's my, um, that's my unpopular opinion on my Facebook. Is <laughs> wow. calling out Boris. Uh, what have you got? Hindsight? Have you got a retrospectoscope? I had that one the other day. A retrospectoscope. Oh, Russell's got his retrospectoscope out again. <laughs> he had Boris. But you fucking leave Boris alone. He had no hint. What are you fucking Yuri Geller? He had no hint. How could he have known? Well, Taiwan have had 10 people yeah. dead and they're next he, to China. So he could have gone to those possible. meetings, couldn't he? Yeah. That everyone else no, went to. You didn't, you didn't exactly need to be Poirot that when someone ate a bat and everyone started dying, it's time to close the door. But he just wafted in the viral spores and now we're still fucked. <laughs> but if, you, if, you, if I say that, I get called out in... Um, and my, I was at a friend's wedding in, in Bedford. And he went, I don't, you know, Russ, you do a lot of my guests, one of my favourite guests, I really wanted you here today, so I, I didn't invite him. I'm like, who? He went, Tommy. He's like, I, I didn't want it because it would come with attention. So he was nearly at a wedding I was at. <gasps> what, he, he means my, Tommy, I know, Tommy Robinson? Yes. Right. So, I mean, no, no one like massively gives a the shit about who I am. Like, I'm not, as, as Katie says, we're not like public figures politicians, but it would be enough to ruin me if I'm on the dance floor and Tommy Robinson's in the background because it looks like I'm dancing to racism. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a that's what you call a close. And that, per that person, that friend, chose you. He didn't, didn't, didn't do the maths about what the consequences would be for me. He just thought he was doing a nice thing because of the attention I would have yeah. got when I was there. He didn't realise that we have to be really careful who we even stand next to when we, we do this job. I don't want to be like a lefty. I try to be neutral. I get so much criticism about it. Like you just heard, BBC, lefty this, lefty that. So I try to keep my politics out of my stand-up. I'll make as much fun of Caroline Lucas as I will of um, Boris Johnson if I can. Um, and I do vote green, but uh, but 
I but that with that so that that's my any my unpopular opinion is anything to do with social justice equality. Like, fucking leave it. Out. You've grown your pubes out into what, you insulated your house, your own body hair. You fucking feminazi. <laughs> I get shitloads of that. Shitloads. Yeah. I get more homophobic abuse than any other straight man I know. I don't know. It's just constant. I tell you what, my other unpopular opinion is just on a slightly lighter note, or actually a much more <laughs> gravely serious note. Okay. I don't know whether this is going to take it somewhere really, really dark and serious and awful that's going to get and probably more abuse for this than anything else we've said thus far, <laughs> which is that I'm not really a massive fan of the Beatles. Oh, oh I, I agree. Casey I don't. Just got yeah. No, I, I agree. <laughs> now, I, I don't get like it. I don't get it. And I like songs. It's a bit like the Bee Gees and ABBA. You see, I think they all write genius songs, but I only like them when they're performed by somebody else. I don't mm. like the sound of the Beatles. And, and it's difficult because I know a lot of comedy people in comedy who are kind of you know who really do like the Beatles so there are some days yes there's some well actually I did when I was in Liverpool once I went I got in a cab and there was so much stuff around and I whenever I got a cab in Liverpool the cabbie would educate me about the Beatles which was always very nice fun chat but one time I thought I would try and see what would happen if I pretended I'd never heard of the Beatles and he became very very angry very angry yeah, I <laughs> and I sort of kept it up for a bit and then in the end I let it go because I honestly thought he was going to crash the cab like he wanted <laughs> to take me to all the different places and be like look that's where they are there's a mural there and surely you've heard of the song Penny Lane that's Penny Lane and it was just like I'm just never this is extraordinary I can't believe I've never heard these they sound are they still going like and it was just <laughs> <laughs> did you start you should have started to get the insect wrong so tell me more about these crickets yeah. tell, tell yeah. me what did they do not crickets it's the fucking Beatles, yeah. not the crickets. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So that's an unpopular opinion of mine. I'm actually too scared to tell people that I'm not a big fan of the Beatles because so many of my friendship mm. group really love the Beatles. I just think they were, they'll respect me even less if I, uh, <laughs> if I bring that out. It's a popular opinion with me. This is the, so that's fine. So the evil genius that, that on that is a cunt website. The reason he was mentioning John Lennon is that was one of the episodes we we didn't we did an evil genius about John Lennon oh. and sort of said some, all I did was describe nasty things he'd done. But the thing that I got trolled for more was a similar thing, Katie. I implied that not only did he do evil things, that was a bit misogynistic, um, definitely hit women, etc. Um, but that he was also, the music after he left the Beatles was definitely not as famous as the music of the Beatles. Therefore, he's only a musical genius when collaborating with McCartney. Mm -hmm. Ergo, he's not a genius. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that got me worse abuse yeah, than bet. exposing his domestic abuse. <laughs> and the sad thing, it was from all your peers and colleagues, wasn't it? I know. Yeah. Sick dog. And <laughs> he's a cunt. Dog vomit. <laughs> dog vomit, that's it. <laughs> my favourite thing about that is like, I don't know, I like that I've got my mind set on you. That was George Harrison. <laughs> so there you go. Shit on John Lennon again. But so it's a great version by a jazz singer called Kurt Elling of Norwegian wood which is honestly one of the greatest songs and versions i've ever heard i play all the time so they not to mention the murakami novel which is absolutely sublime. wonderful wonderful yeah all right take the piss why not <laughs> no, i do i love murakami it's my favorite well it was for a good few years haruki murakami if you want a new author to discover guys go away and read it mm -hmm. and norwegian wood's particularly good a lot better than john lennon <laughs> that's what well, katie said <laughs> Unbelievably, we have reached the end. Oh no! Oh no! I'm sorry. We, we got through two categories. Uh, 
Which I, can't, I can't get on tweet delete fast enough right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just yeah, reaching out your talking, isn't it? Literally, Russell's going to We all have some things to think about. Is, I've I got to say, what's wrong with a boob squeeze 2013? It's <laughs> 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 a different time. Huh? It's all about context. It's all about context. Oh, mate. Shut up, mate, Calm down. <laughs> It's a shame the listeners couldn't see that action you just did. It was a real treat. Um, <laughs> and it was a double boob squeeze. It's important for no, listeners to know. <laughs> We're so close to the line, I brought out a lefty sweat. <laughs> Do you ever do a lefty sweat, Katie, when you sort of ironise yeah. your own opinions yeah. and do a lefty sweat? Oh, no, awful. <laughs> awful, all the time. So go and do oh, a, little, a, a lefty one. visit to the toilet sometimes. <laughs> that's a bad one. <laughs> oh, he's having a flush. It's when you remember um, things that you said in an interview where you got a bit too chatty, where you just, can anyone get me the number for The Guardian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. I just want to clarify a couple of things. <laughs> can you please add five years onto my age? I was lying. <laughs> For example. <laughs> example out of nowhere, no context example. Um, right, so Katie, where can we find you? What are you doing at the moment that people can buy, can see, oh. can follow? Not Twitter, because that'll be a waste of our time. No, no, do it. Enjoy, nothing. enjoy my tweets, but just enjoy them for a limited time only. That's all I'd say. Uh, I have a book, Practically Perfect, to Life Lessons from Mary Poppins. I have another book, paperback, called I Carried a Watermelon, which is about dirty dancing. Uh, and that's about me. I'm just writing, I'm writing up a storm in my little cubby hole so that's what i'm trying to do trying mm-hmm. to trying to generate gainful employment for for, for pandemic year two <sighs> sorry to bring it down yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think Katie's latest tweets will be like the first part of it will be deleting it. Yeah. Like someone out, out running a bridge collapse. It'll be like that old game snake that you could play on Nokia. Yeah. Just the end of it. We'll, we'll just be able to see is a cunt, but who was? Yeah. Who did? You've got to read quicker. Um, Don't call me. Russell, what, what are you up to? What are you doing? Uh, I'm like? currently guesting on the is a cunt website, so you can catch me on there. No, um, Sponsored I, post. <laughs> There's uh, please, please, please catch up on the latest series. I know I keep banging on about it. Uh, Radio 4's Evil Genius. It's my proudest achievement. Accident. I'd like to pretend it was timely and that I'd gone. It's all about cultural reassessment at the moment. It's not. I came in with a drunken idea from the pub the day Harvey Weinstein got taken down, and the commissioner went, "Oh my god, it's so on trend." I was like, "Yeah." Uh. Uh, so I, we just take we just take people from history, and I let off little fact bombs around them. And by the end of the show, the uh, comedians panel have to vote evil or genius, cancel or keep, and it's a way of sort of taking the piss out of this cancel culture as well as having your cake and eating it and doing it but everyone's dead so no one gets hurt so please please catch up on those um i did some sport ones this one I even did a fictional character james bond that's worth a listen i do a one which started in the male mental health area but it's much wider now sort of social issues called boys don't cry uh polluting various telly things popping up here and they're being funny i do steph's pack lunch twice a week on channel four it's the first time, in, as far as I know, people are trying to do stand-up daytime live, yeah. no delay, 1pm. It's sanitised more than a pandemic hand, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> I, I did read there was a point where not a single soul watched it. So Exactly, which is, which is why it's so amazing that she's taking it to where we have, because I mean, so, I mean, all stand-ups start with an empty audience. At one point, Michael McIntyre played to zero people. So Steph's got, gone from this show being brand new and everyone going, oh, we watch Loose Women, we watch this morning fuck you to they've nominated for a, a tricks award this week so i'm so proud of her um and she's she is really 
like she's a good person to work with steph mcgovern she's a compelling individual very bright so catch me over there and of course i'm writing i'm always another novel that may or may not get published who knows but i'm writing up a storm in my cubby library <laughs> <laughs> just take relentless piss taking. Do you, you know, we spent three weeks in a car, a faulty car, and it was just relentless piss taking both directions for both of us. So it's been a real nice nostalgic uh, trip. <laughs> that is a podcast I would have listened to. Well, uh, you could have watched we it. We should have. <laughs> we should have documented more of it. What about you, Stu? What are you up to? Sorry. Um, okay. hey, uh, yeah, uh, every week, uh, the Off the Beaten Track podcast, where I talk to musicians, comedians, actors. Um, they get to choose seven songs which soundtrack uh, their creative journey. You can hear me talking to people such as Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, Foo Fighters, Fatboy Slim, Maxine Peake, Acaster, Gamble. Wow. And, and so good. So All right. I do that every week. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Katie and me, hello. Yeah, have you heard of this upcoming comedy actor? <laughs> so I'm still waiting Russ. for my booking for Evil Genius, to be honest. So let's not get. <laughs> Do you oh, think I, can you imagine how much input I have on a Radio mm. Four booking? <laughs> Don't you worry. Have you ever made a Radio Four show? Have you ever made one? Yeah, yeah, you're not, exactly. Uh, it, gets, yeah. it gets, uh, it gets knocked up, knocked upstairs. Oh, mate, you don't go independent know. like Stu. Stu's got loads of podcasts. Mm. What about if you book me and Katie at the same time? Will that be enough to get you excited still? You we'll we'll glorious. Love to do it. Yeah, out. <laughs> go out for a bite. <laughs> get him on hardcore yeah. listing. I did a list for Stu, which is how we met, of five. You get to pick a list of five things that you choose. So I chose five British petty moments. <laughs> and it was so much fun. That's cool. Yeah. I'd won from history because I'm cultured. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Colleen Rooney versus um, Rebecca Vardy. It was all going on. Wow. Yeah, hardcore list. I'm on the latest episode, so you, you can go. Go and listen to that. And um, you also edit Pod yes, Bible. Uh, that's out this Sunday uh, in, in, the, in the Sunday Times. There's a magazine that I put together with fellow Essex boy Scroobius Pip. I don't know you've been a guest on Pip's podcast for us. Um, yeah, I used to watch him live in South End down at the oh, Sunrooms. Oh, shout out to Sunrooms there. Every week. Right. Um, yeah, it's fucking, he's, a, he's an unbelievable live, Scroobius Pip. He's unbelievable. He's a poet, but with rap edge to the poems. It's the only way I can describe yeah. it if you're not listening to it. So I've got a publication with Pip, uh, Pop Bible, which is like the little kind of guide to podcasts. So that, that comes out every two two months as well, and that's out. Evil Genius ever been in there? Is it a podcast or a radio show? It's but it's a radio four podcast. It's a high. It's alive. It's a vibrant. Yeah, <laughs> she's trying to get stuff all out. You're in that yeah, part. Yeah, I will uh, dig him out and coat him. I don't give a shit. <laughs> the full just rope. After you send, dug it out, give it a little coating <laughs> and then print it out. Just don't send us any nude pictures. That's all. Oh, I heard crusted. I heard crusted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you evil cow! I'll oh, do that for you. Didn't deserve that. <laughs> um, well, the. Yeah, well, you were the winner, Katie, oh, because you, oh, gave, you got all those it. extra points for telling us about Tweet Delete. So uh, it was yes. fairly close. And then I was like, right. Well, hopefully hopefully my uh, my colleagues then won't mind since I've, I've given a bit of advice, given done something helpful. Oh, mate, I'm on no. it so fast. It's definitely trustworthy, right? They're not going to capture my data. No, 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 no. But you, the thing you can do is go onto Twitter first on settings and you can download your own tweet archive and have it on your desktop first if you want to do that. Uh, but it, well, once tweet delete gets going, yeah, I know why. Uh, no, once no tweet thanks. delete gets going, then it'll just peel them away like that. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep one, the one the one where I, that led to me meeting Lindsay. That's oh, the I was going to say, you're going to keep the one Aww. that's like the worst. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not racist. <laughs> the country is crowded. Sorry. It's going to get you fired from <laughs> everything. Because it's the only one left so everyone can see there's it. N- <laughs> there's nothing left of Kent! Exclamation mark. 2012. This country full. <laughs> right. You have been listening to the Comedy Arcade. You guys are all free to go. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Comedy Arcade. There'll be a new episode next Thursday with new balls and new guests. If you liked it, like us any way you can and subscribe and tell all your friends. Also, tell us. We're in all the usual places on all the social media. And if you didn't, this is reasons to be cheerful. Aren't you sorry you didn't pick Chaos with Ed Miliband now?